everyone. Welcome to the Hot Air Weather Hour podcast, where the production value is low and we have no schedule or any kind of organization. Uh, I'm Greg Perkins. We're recording uh, Friday evening, January 22nd. With me tonight is Bruce Becker. Hi, Bruce. Hello. Yes, and the low knowledge as well, by the way. Exactly. And also with us is Dave Kleckner. Hi, Dave. Hey, Greg. All right. So it's been quite a while since we've done an episode. Um, mainly it's my fault because life has been busy and nursing school has been trying to kill me. But um, we're here finally. So I think we're going to try and do a little more regular schedule um, for the first Actually, part of this, this year. is my first one with you guys because I've been basically concentrating on the monthly show. Exactly. Bruce is still doing the the monthly radio show at WRLR, um, but we finally got him set up with with a podcasting rig at home. Yahoo. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. So I the love gang's dead, back. I love dead air. <laughs> yes, the gang's back together again, and and it's podcast, Bruce. We can edit things. It's amazing. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, this is wild stuff going on here. I'm sure of it. <laughs> exactly. So now that now that all three of us are here, it's going to be just pure chaos. Um, so sit back and enjoy. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, some Lake County centric stuff, mainly uh, the snow event that we're expecting for Saturday, Sunday, which is not or as not. big a deal or not may not be there at all. And then the larger snow event, which could be a big deal on Monday. So uh, that, oh, first that was up, the or not. Yeah. The, uh, the first up is the weekend stuff. Um, Weather Service has the core of that snowstorm over southern Minnesota, uh, with some of it drifting down into southern Wisconsin. Doesn't look like a whole lot going on in northern Illinois, but um, well, let's take a look. I'll I'll pull up the triple exactly. R here. How about that? So I'm gonna I'm gonna let Dave and Bruce haggle over snow amounts for the weekend here. Dave, don't you feel a little like Joe Bastardi right now with all this graphics in front of you and? Well, you know what? I'm still kind of the old goat here, and uh, you, you know, I, I try to get into minimal. We emphasize uh, goat. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I mean, well, there's, you know, it's just like uh, Sunday. There's the uh, true Lambeau Field goat, and then there's the uh, make believe goat coming up from the south. Which so. goat? What? Oh, that that make believe. You mean the one that's been, you know, make believe? Never mind. We'll go. On. We'll go do something later. We'll, on we'll that. leave that one. We'll <laughs> leave that one for where it's at. But uh, no, like I said, I tend to be a minimalist uh, in terms of uh, my, you know, my forecasting approach. Which, uh, it, you know, I've survived it for forty uh, some years now. So I guess you know I must be doing something right. Uh, um, yeah, for me, the big thing is not getting too hung up on too many models because it, the data overload, uh, have it getting an idea. You know, we've talked about this uh, numerous times, you know, getting that idea in your head first, what you see happening based on the observed information so that you can make a value judgment uh, in terms of what you expect to be happening before you go uh, looking at what the computer spit out. Well, exactly. And I... I I'm sort of like you, but I'm sort of like uh, a little more like John Coleman was, where I like to kind of keep it tight to the breast, but say, hey, guess what? This could go wrong, and it could be this. Well, that that's valid, but, y you know, if you go and forecast zero to 70 inches here for uh, this weekend, I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah, well, not doing that. I'm just, you know... <laughs> I just, and you I'm just know what I'm talking about I know there, exactly don't what you? you. Well, that's the shoveling age is a partly cloudy scheme. Oh, boy. 
All right, numbers, guys, numbers. What are we looking at? Oh, I, I mean, it's it, number. Who knows? I mean, it, like I said to Dave this morning, um, it looked like four to seven inches, but if you take a standard deviation of four inches out of that, you could get zero. You could get eleven. Well, which one? Hold on. Which one are we talking about? Remember, we get two events here. Well, I forget about the yeah. little one. That looks like less than okay. an inch from what I'm seeing here. Yeah. I, okay. I, that's I, that's I what I wanted too. to hear. Yeah. Sorry yeah, about it, that. It, we we don't play with stuff like that. It's too small. The timing is going to be the biggest thing with the, uh, with that event. I mean, I'm just, I'm not impressed. You know, we've got, uh, uh, you know, my marker being where the uh, 700 millibar ridge line is. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that just doesn't get over us until probably uh, Saturday night. So, um, you know, I think most of the day Saturday to me, I'm not that impressed with yet. And then Saturday night into Sunday morning, like you said, we're probably talking an inch or less. I would say a worst case uh, two, but that's going to be about it. And you know, this is all said and done by mid morning Sunday. Yeah, the uh, it looks like the eighteen Z Euro model uh, has the one inch line just north of the state line, with a half inch running across the southern border of Lake County. So that's probably yeah. that's kind of what I expect. We're looking at an inch or less in Lake County is what I'm hearing you guys say. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Right. I, I think the, the, the big thing that it's going to do once again, just like it did the other night, is we are going to figure out also who can measure snow and who can't. Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, that's 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 always an issue. That's, that's well, and that that, that might be exactly. I that's and I do want to bring that up uh, just very briefly. That is one one of the one of the problems. It's the more snow measurements that the weather service can get around the area around the region. It's helpful for them because yeah, it's not a hundred percent uniform, but it's a matter of doing it right. And if you go out to the weather service uh, website. Uh, there should be a tutorial there on how the best way to measure it is. Okay, so moving on from the insignificant, boring stuff this this weekend, Saturday into Sunday, uh, let's talk about the big snow event that looks like it might happen on Monday across southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois. Uh, Dave, what's what's the big synoptic setup here? What's what's and the big picture? Yeah. Well, you know, we've got this fairly. Uh, uh, deep uh, trough that's out over uh yeah it's still offshore california with another impulse dropping uh dropping in behind it into what looks to be carving out a, an overall long wave trough there and so these two are going to uh kind of interact uh, one dropping in and kicking out the other one and uh those those two interact, you know. The one the uh, one dropping in kicks or ejects the uh, lead wave, and so then uh, that's going to be what we're going to be dealing with coming through on uh, Monday, late Monday into Tuesday, early Tuesday, and then the other one is going to come out uh, probably a lot more slowly. And the question on both of them is how far north do they come? You know, normally where we get into the uh, broader ridging over us, you'd expect it to come a, a lot farther north, but, you know, we do have kind of a, uh, kind of what would be almost a, you know, it's not a Rex block, but, uh, you know, we do have a ridge over, uh, over uh, southern Canada, and so that may suppress the system, and that's what's creating some of the variability right now. Number one, the uh, California trough has not ejected yet and started moving, and how far north it comes is going to be very dependent on how strong that upper ridging is in Canada. Yeah, because Dave, I haven't really noticed. Uh, it's more of a neutral tilt to the storm, which is 
you know, for the amount of snow that the European and the GFS are putting out, which is, you know, anywhere from 8 to 14 inches, it's kind of strange that there's no real negative tilt to the storm. In fact, there's a little bit even a hit this afternoon that as this low tracks across near Illinois, another low could form off the coast of Virginia. Yeah, and 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 that's you know that's some of the variability that's uh, that's built on into this system, and, and that over Virginia that's getting closer, you know, dropping in then to the uh, offshore long wave troughs. So, yeah, there's a lot a uh, lot to make this uh, kind of interesting and bear watching. Yeah, and this is still it, it, it slowed down a little bit, so we're looking to start around noon time Monday for snow, but this is still sixty hours away. You know, old again. I, I go back to the old rule of thumbs. You know, rain in the system, uh, possibly uh, thunder, and we always right away heavy band. You start thinking minimum seven to ten. Now, I don't think we're going to be in Lake County in the seven to ten range, but backing down one notch. Don't say that. <laughs> backing down a don't notch. Say that. And you know why we're getting this, Greg? You know why we're getting this. You know what I did last weekend, right? I put the snow stick out. Yeah, this is all your fault, Bruce. Yeah, but I was kind of like I knew it was going to start snowing, so it's kind of cheated. I was I was not happy. It was bad juju. Uh, Dave, look at here. Where would you where would you like yeah. to see the eight fifty uh, vorticity for a storm like this? Where would you like to see it? In terms of what the prime area for, for uh, Lake snowfall. County? Yeah, yeah. Um, you want uh, probably about, uh, again, about uh, 60 to 90 miles south of us. Guess what? <laughs> 75 miles south of us. And that comes through, yeah. uh, it's perpendicular to us at, uh, let's see, 9 p.m. on Monday. Bottom line, we're, we're talking, know. you know, maybe somebody somewhere gets a band of maybe around a foot. Um, so... Old school forecast rules, Dave. Where do where do you see that maximum band setting up? Probably just south of us uh, right now, maybe central Cook County, and you know it's going to depend on the snow water ratio too. If this uh, with these temperatures, we could be in an eight to one ratio, which may pull back down uh, more more to, more to the nine ten range. Well, that brings me to the point that we had a little text going on before we got uh, going here. And that was looking at the omega in the snow growth zone. Uh, the growth zone is between 13,000 and 17,000, and the omega is minus 25. That's generally a respectable place to put your snow ratios at least 15 to 1. Now, why it's doing that with those temperatures, I don't know. I can't answer that. That, that makes it problematic. I'm suspicious of that. I mean, that puts you... Yeah, yeah, that puts I mean, you in the Njijo categories. I think tomorrow morning we'll have a much better idea of what's going on. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking even closer tomorrow to tomorrow night too. Just, okay. Uh, now that we've talked the uh, the weekend and the Monday events to death, uh, let's take a look a little look out a little further. Um, rest of the month, next thirty days, the National Weather Service Climate Prediction Center just put out their. Uh, month outlook last night. So what they are showing for the next month uh, for most of February is uh, temperatures in our region, uh, Wisconsin and Illinois, oh, maybe a 30-ish percent chance that they're above normal. 
and precipitation, uh, maybe about a 40% chance that it's above average. Uh, I want to get your guys' take on this. Let's start with Bruce. What do you think? I would I would tend to agree that that temperatures are probably I think maybe they're going to start out warm and then we might be a little below average for the for the end of the month maybe the last 2 weeks. Okay, gotcha. Precipitation chances, what's your bottom line? Uh wow. That's always a that's always a, a roll of the dice when it comes to that. Below, below it, average? No, or I mean above average. I oh man, it only takes one store to be above average. Uh, you don't get a lot of precipitation in February anyway. I think it's like a 1.75. I'm going to say it's above, but it's probably going to be snow. Okay, sounds good. Dave, what do you think? Well, you know, looking again, looking at the upper air pattern, uh, you know, we we tend we're, we're tending at least the early part of that outlook period. Seeing that, seeing that, uh, you know, troughing to the west of us, troughing to the east, we're caught in the middle, which certainly leads to uh, uh, thinking above normal pattern. But uh, I, you know, I keep seeing hints of wanting to carve out this uh, um, this troughing uh, east of us and, and trying to retrograde retrograde it, which would tend towards some colder temperatures. I think what it's going to be is like what we've been in pretty much all winter uh, season here. And even going back into some of the fall, it's, you know, we get tickled with a shot of cold air or something, but it doesn't last very long. And then we, uh, uh, or that deep, and then we migrate back into an above normal regime. So I I would say probably the later portion of the outlook period, uh, I would be looking at some wild fluctuations. A big key is going to be how much snow cover we can get down. That's going to have a big impact on, on whether we can get any good reinforced cold air down. Um, of course, the other thing we'll get by the time we start getting into mid and late February, the sun angle is going to start being our friend again. So, um, yeah, I'm tending more towards uh, above normal, but a couple of shots of cold, uh, especially the later portion of the period. Yeah, I, I agree, Dave. I think the, the last half of February is going to be colder than average. It'll probably end up being an average month. Average is always a good bet. What, what do you think about precip, Dave? Early portion, uh, early portion. If we do stay kind of on the warm side, would tend to lead us a little bit more above. Uh, you know, precip type again. If we're staying above normal, that puts us into the could it be more rain than snow. Um, so this this could be a real interesting uh, winter on uh, on that. So um, I think the later portion uh, will 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 tend more if we do get into this northwest flow aloft. Uh, drier precipitation events more snow more light snow but uh i i think i'm still going to stay uh stay with the uh, slightly above average uh for uh for the period can i throw a little something in here to you dave on this now that i think about it uh the, we've been the periods that we've been above average have been our driest period so far and that's been going on since october we haven't tapped into the we haven't tapped into the Gulf of Mexico moisture uh, very well, and, and again we're we're looking the uh, I, I think where the general flow has been, uh, you, you know, it's more of a maritime Pacific air rather than a Gulf air mass. So, uh, you know, you're shaking out a lot of the precipitation, uh, the highest precip potential before it even gets here. So I just wonder is if we do get the back half of February to be a lot colder. They're probably going to set up a battle zone in order for that to take place. 
So that's probably to me would be where we're going to get, you know, most of the precip would be in the second half of the month. So moving moving on from just the basic outlook, one of the big drivers that everyone loves to talk about these days uh, of long term weather is the polar vortex during the winter. Um, so a quick refresher, the polar vortex uh, is a, a big giant pool of cold air that's way up high in the stratosphere that sort of circles around the North Pole. And when the stable when the polar vortex is stable, uh, the northern jet stream uh, stays pretty regular and uniform and uh, pretty far north. And it's just is sort of a basic, a big circle around the top of the globe, uh, which leads to more stable weather patterns. When the polar vortex becomes unstable, big chunks of cold air move further south into, you know, southern Canada and the, and the northern U.S., and big chunks of warm air move further north in between those. So you've got a big wavy jet stream pattern going around at the top of the planet. There has been some shenanigans going on with the polar vortex lately. Uh, you know, we've, we've basically seen beginning in December, moving through January, you know, the stratosphere over the pole is warmed, which usually disrupts the, the stratospheric polar vortex. We don't really know yet if uh, that's going to be a large driver in terms of the next month of weather or so. Yeah, I mean, the teleconnections well, are kind of telling the story, too. I'm looking out farther here. I mean, both the PNA and the EPO are all in warm patterns, and it continue, It lasts right into the 7th of February. Okay, so one topic I wanted to, to at least get out there and have a little bit of discussion on is a story that broke in the beginning of December 2020 that uh, the National Weather Service is putting uh, basically data caps on how much information people can download from their servers. Uh, it's an interesting story because, you know, the National Weather Service budget, well, actually, I'm sorry, the NOAA budget, NOAA budget is like five and a half billion dollars. And, you know, a theme that we've seen over the past five, 10 years is that sort of the legacy IT infrastructure that the Weather Service runs where they have their own data centers and their own servers and everyone just downloads the model data from them, uh, you know, has run into more and more problems. Uh, Dave has uh, a lot of IT experience and also, you know, experience working on uh, some large federal IT projects. So I was hoping Dave could maybe give us, you know, maybe a guess as to you know, why the Weather Service has always been, you know, so far behind the curve the past few decades. Can I ask us one question, uh, Greg? Uh, you say they're putting cap on data. Is that including the grim data? Because I haven't had any problems downloading as much as I need. Well, that's the, they've got a cap on everything. And, and for, you know, hobbyists like us who, you know, look at some model runs every day, but, you know, we're not sucking down everything they have in yeah, real right. time. Okay. It shouldn't really affect us. We're doing but in, in the, terms of, you know, single digits or 10 gigabits rather than, you know, a terabit. Yeah. In terms of larger enterprises like, you know, all of these private weather consulting groups or, or even bigger companies like IBM and the Weather Channel and AccuWeather, you know, it's a big deal. Oh, well, absolutely. And, and that's... You you're, you hit the nail on the head, Greg. It's not going to be, it's not you, it's not me, it's not the person that's going to weather.gov or, you know, their local weather service office and looking information. That's not the issue. It's, it's the large, uh, it, it's, it's the large concerns that, you know, 20 years ago, 
we weren't doing modeling in house or at least not that much. And so it was, you took the model products and you ran with it. And and now you've, you, there's, there's so much more. And and again, so many different models that are out there. And, and I think you're getting a data push as there's a lot more uh, in-house modeling going on as, as some of the proprietary stuff is generated. Uh, Don't forget, let's add, uh, let's add the, uh, you know, dual pole Doppler. There's so much more, uh, there's so much more uh, radar data coming out, uh, the upper air data that's out there and is available. And uh, the new GFS, you know, the air, yeah, air, aircraft, a cars data, all of that. You know, data, data. You know, the more, the more that's available, the more that people want. And again, these the the large, uh, the large forecast houses are trying to swallow up, understandably. Uh, as much of that as they want, but uh, yeah, it 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 becomes a finite issue in terms of what's there, and it's happened in the past, although on a little bit uh, on a little bit uh, smaller scale. Um, okay, so that's that's a good summary of of the problem as it stands. So you know, pick your poison in terms of what you want to do. If, if we had you know, if you had in, infinite resources. That certainly would make a difference. You know, by the time everybody wants their slice of the pie or needs it, you know, you only have so much you can do. So you got to pick your battles wisely. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's mainly what my analysis is as well. That's, you know, there's there's only a finite amount of funding going to NOAA and an even smaller amount going to the Weather Service. And, uh, you know, it's even, you know, something that theoretically only takes you know, five million to implement. You know, it's it's tricky picking which which one you do first. Any other topics you guys want to touch on? I can't think of any. Dave, I'm good. I'm staying away from football picks for this weekend. Come on, Dave, step out. I mean, you know, Green Bay. You know, a repeat of Green Bay, Kansas City would really be interesting. Oh, it would but be yet, huge. I think I think there's just as many people that want to see the uh, the old man against uh, the young kid, especially yeah. to quote to quote validate that it's all him and not his uh, former coach. That would be the second most interesting Super Bowl, but the the least to me would be Tampa and Buffalo. I don't think anybody even watch. I probably okay. I probably well, would watch. Mm, yeah, I know it's a weather eyes- show. Just just relax. <laughs> my eyes are rolling into the back of my head and we've run out of topics <laughs> to talk and about. And that's why so. we do it. Well, Buffalo, yeah. you, you, know, you know, Buffalo in the Super Bowl would be great only if it could be played in Buffalo in a snowstorm. Yes, it, it, with, the lake, with the lake snow, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, Absolutely. three inch an hour snow race on a football game. Even I might watch that. Oh, three know. inch. Come on. Push your luck here. They had. <laughs> They had they had a period one time I forget the year it was they had seventeen inches of snow in two and a half hours. Oh yeah, something like that. I'd anyway, like to, I'd we, like to see have, that. <laughs> we have nothing left to talk about tonight, so we're just going to wrap it up there, folks. Uh, Dave, I think it's Bruce, a great idea. Close thanks, the book. Thanks for being here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna call this the end of this episode. Uh, there's a whole bunch of it that uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna end up cutting out in the edits. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not you know four hours long. 
Uh, so we have no idea when we're going to be back, but we're going to try and make it soon. Uh, with that, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk. Hey, to are you. we going to hey. have Bernie with us the next time? What? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I uh, I'm going to have to go and, and see if I can find some of those mittens, though. I the memes are killing me. Hey, can I do a cheap plug for our show? Uh, go for sure. it. Sure. Sure. Uh, the hotter weather hour plus uh, will be on January the 31st at five o'clock on WRLR. 98.3. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hot Air Weather Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hot Air Weather or Facebook at facebook.com slash hot air weather.